Networking and marketing made simple is for you, the business owner who has a product, a service, or a message that you believe in. My name is Scott Aaron, and each week we'll take a behind the scenes look into the real world marketing and networking tactics and strategies for getting what you have in front of you to a lot more people. Thanks for spending time with me. And now let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Networking and Marketing Made Simple. Super excited for today's episode. Uh, number one, because uh, whenever I get to interview a, a friend and a client, uh, it's always exciting to spotlight them on this podcast. And I know you guys love hearing the stories uh, of other entrepreneurs that are doing big things in the entrepreneurial space. But the other main reason why I'm excited about this is I, I wanted to bring this person on because we both really resonate, uh, not just from the digital marketing side of of growing a business, uh, not just from you know content creation um, and being able to batch out content because you guys know about you know BYOB Social, our posting platform, but this person specializes in in helping non techie people. Um, really take the pain out of all of those things that I just mentioned. And I know there's so many people that listen to this podcast that feel that they are placing themselves in that category as being non-techie. I'm never going to be able to do this because I'm getting to the game uh, later than other people. I'm older than all the other entrepreneurs out there. And it's a fallacy. You know, No matter how old or young we are, we can learn strategies to overcome those things that we see maybe as setbacks or gaps in our business to actually run things a lot smoother. So with that being said, Kristen Day, welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about this conversation, Scott, and I just, I cannot tell you, I burst with energy when I talk about this type of thing. No, I, I mean, again, if they could see you, I mean, you're literally smiling ear to ear. And, and it, again, it just shows the passion behind what you do. So before we we kind of get into the guts of today's episode, why don't you share a little bit of your backstory with the audience uh, to give them some context of how you got to where you are as a digital marketing professional. But I would say more and most importantly, within that that share of a story that you're about to what do you feel was that catalytic moment in your journey that has allowed you to step into this path of being the business owner that you are and helping more people the way that you are today? Yeah. So thank you so much for asking. My journey was a little bit of a, a zigzag. I really meandered through my career for the beginning of it. And I think the cool thing was that I was able to have jobs in different sections of digital marketing. So my first job was in web design. And then my second job was in data analytics that kind of morphed into the social media side, which also integrated the email marketing side. So I touched a lot of different aspects of digital marketing. I was very fortunate to have those opportunities. And what really tipped me into entrepreneurship was during my very last corporate job, I was working for a 
digital ad agency. And a lot of the practices that I saw inside of that agency were catered toward onboarding a client, promising them the world, and then the results were subpar, not, not what they expected. It was not, did not meet expectations. And then on top of that, they really focused on like keeping that client, right? They wanted that client to depend on their services and the way that they set up their services were done in such a way that it made the client reliant on that ad agency to really survive. So any data that they were getting from their social media ads, if they left that ad agency, all of that data just like vanished, right? And that was just one example. We saw that in websites, we saw it in email marketing, we saw it across the board. And I asked my supervisor one day, I, I had developed a really nice friendship with one of our clients and I liked them a lot and I wanted to help them. So they had asked me, the client had asked me, can you just teach me how to do this stuff? I'd really love to do it myself. And I said, well, yeah, sure. I'd love to teach you. I'd love to spend more time, you know, collaborating with you. And I asked my supervisor if we could do that. And they were just appalled. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Um, that's not how the business model works. You know, you need them to, to really come back to us. And I started to see that trend over and over and over again. And I don't think I was aware of it until like that particular moment happened. But when I started to see the trend and I just started to like really feel icky about that because it just doesn't, it doesn't create a space where people can thrive. If they want to do it themselves, I think you should give them the opportunity at least in the knowledge. And so I, that, became just kind of a toxic environment for me it, emotionally, I think, um, and value-wise didn't really match up. So when I had the opportunity to help someone outside of that agency, I took that opportunity. I did it the way that I wanted it to go and it thrived. And so I started a business because it, I was like, well, that model obviously works. So more people will like this. And here I am today. Yeah, I, I can totally resonate with that because going back to when I was a personal trainer for uh, 16 years, 18 years, I I always encouraged my my clients to not rely on me. So I would give them routines to do in between the sessions. And someone said, well, I, I want to work out with you every day. I, I said, no. I said, the most that you can train with me is three days a week, because if you get into the habit of only going to the gym when I'm training you, if I go on vacation, if you go on vacation, uh, if we end up parting ways at some point, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. So I always brought that to the aspect of my personal training clients, self-reliance. I, want, I wanted them to rely on themselves. Not only am I training you, but I'm teaching you. I want you to be able to learn about what we're doing to get your body the way you want it to look so you can continue to do it yourself. Now, if you also look at 
uh, even the work that we did together. You know, when I coach people one-on-one, I put all the systems in place for them and with them over a six-week period. And then I touch base with them on a monthly basis, uh, much like we do, just to see how things are going. What are you implementing? What are you not implementing? Because I want people to become, um, you know, again, self-reliant, not leaning on me. I give them the system. It's in place. And they just have to implement that strategy. And I think that's what makes you so different from other people in the digital marketing space. Because like you mentioned, if if you have a business model that's structured in the way that that client is going to have the wheels fall off the bus, if they don't continue to work with you, uh, not only are they uh, professionally relying on you, but they're monetarily relying on you. And I, I don't like that feeling at all. Um, it, it just, that feels icky in itself, knowing that if this person ends up leaving, well, they're like peace by, you know, you lose all your assets and now you're done. So I, I love that genuineness about you and how you've structured your business because it is really important. Now, the, the one thing that I wanted to dig into first um, is this feeling that a lot of some newer entrepreneurs, no matter what age they are, this notion of, well, I am quote unquote, not techie. So I'm never going to be able to learn all the things that you're helping me learn. And what's, what's your response to that person listening to this, that feels they're so non-techie that they will just never get to the place where they want to be in their business because of that crutch that they have. And it's such a good question, Scott, because that is a, that is, I think that maybe the number one question that I get And I think it is so important to help people understand that if you build your systems in a way that matches your learning style and really very, very simply does what you need it to do in the way that you need to do it, that will alleviate a lot of your stress and when we think about making systems in a way that are user-friendly to you specifically, we think about what are you used to? What do you like to work with? What is your learning style? And how can we create systems that support how you like to work with things? And I think that that's the most important thing when we are talking about building systems, because If you build a system that someone is uncomfortable using or they don't like using or a process that they feel bad about, they're not going to use it. And that is the great thing about the digital space is there is a very wide variety of tools that cater to different learning styles and different people. And as long as you have a guide to tell you this will match you better than this, you can do anything in the digital space. If you can write on a Word doc, you can run a website. And it it literally is that simple. And people look at me and they're like, is that true? That's true. (laughs) If you know how to work a Word document, you can edit a website. And it's just about having those systems in place. And that's what I loved about your program 
that was so easy. It just, I cannot tell you how easy it was to implement and to follow because it was done in a way that it matched my schedule. It matched everything that I needed it to do. It was very simple to understand, right? And so as long as we're creating these systems in a simplified way, I think just being open to understanding that, yes, you can, is the most important thing for someone to recognize. You know, the the digital space, as we, as we call it, and as a lot of people know it as, has uh, really increased since the pandemic, obviously, with a lot of people working remotely, a lot of people looking for other opportunities to create income outside of their general nine to five. What do you, where do you see the the digital space going uh, post-pandemic, say in the next two to three years? Because obviously we had this, this rush and this wave of new and, and old entrepreneurs. Maybe some people were getting back into the digital space after, you know, leaving it for a little while or um, newbies coming into it where they're like, oh my God, this is what it's all about. Now that the dust has more or less settled and things are starting to, you know, get back to somewhat normal post pandemic, post everything that's going on. Where do you see the digital space going in, in the next say 48 to 36 months? I think that the digital space, well, I think two things, I think people are going to understand the need to adapt to being online, to create businesses that are going to thrive. That's number one. And then number two, I I am seeing so many digital companies that are trying to cater to that uniqueness of customizing people's learning styles, right? So not only are more people coming online, but in direct response to that need, you see companies like yours and mine, and also software companies that are noticing that and saying, look, you have to make your software and your programs and your services attainable, relatable, approachable, and be open to working with all of these people. Because if you're not able to meet them where they are, you're not going to make it. Um, and I think the more and more people that we see coming online and the more entrepreneurs that we see coming online, there's a huge push for there to be compassion in the digital space when it comes to helping people really get their, their stuff up and running. So you have your own agency. My, my wife uh, runs a digital marketing agency with repurposing content, but you know, she's, she's found a really interesting niche with uh, insurance brokerages. So yeah, we, we uh, an old client of mine, Andy Neary, and Andy, if you're listening, what's up? Uh, Andy 
has his own mastermind that helps insurance brokerages leverage LinkedIn based on some of the things that I taught him when I worked with him. But the one thing that they struggle with is showing up consistently on social media, repurposing content. So Nancy has, she's had her agency for three years and, you know, with his mastermind, he said, if, you know, I add an additional fee onto that, could I just pass them to you and you kind of handle that aspect. And it's been a, a great marriage. I mean, you know, she has at least 12 or 13 clients uh, that our agency is helping. And we have a great team of 10 behind us helping now. But, you know, the, the bigger question is for, for those people listening to this, where, you know, they, they want to grow and scale. And they've heard of digital marketing agencies. Um, what What are the benefits, but also... I would say uh, tips that you can give that that business owner, that entrepreneur, that business coach, that consultant listening to this um, of why it's important at a certain aspect in your business to leverage the skill set. Um, and I would say the benefits slash features of working with a digital marketing agency such as yourself to help that person, you know, create, repurpose, and show up uh, online more consistently? Well, Scott, I think that my general tips are looking at your own industry. When someone hires you, or let's say um, someone hires a construction person, general contractor to come work in their home. You hire them because you don't have the foundational knowledge to do that work as well as someone who is doing that work professionally all the time and staying up to date and making sure that they understand like building codes and whatnot. So when you are leveraging a digital marketing agency, you're leveraging their ability to work in that space 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or hopefully five days a week. <laughs> but yes, uh, so when you're thinking about that, it's, it's more about consider what people hire you for and would you want them to attempt that on their own? And then take that mindset and apply it to your digital marketing. I think that that is number one, something that we kind of struggle with because we think, oh, well, I know my business inside and out, but marketing is different. It's, you do know your business inside and out, but how to market it and how to, how to present it online is quite different than just like knowing the ins and outs of your business. And then number two, I would say, make sure to understand that a digital agency can get things done so much faster than you ever thought about doing something. And I'll go back to that general contractor analogy. If you try to, if you're a lawyer and you try to tear out your bathroom and remodel your bathroom, <laughs> are you gonna get that done in a week with very little experience or maybe you've got a full-time job or you know, whatever your circumstances are, probably not. But it if you be, hire, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, it would be a nightmare. 
So if you hire someone to come in, you get a sparkling clean, it's quick, it's professionally done, you trust it, right? Um, so I think, you know, that's really the power of leveraging a digital marketing agency is that knowledge and the time that you save, what you invest in that agency, you get back in time and sales and knowledge for yourself, you understand the space a little better. So yeah. You know, at, at a certain point in, in one's business, you you have to you have to outsource, you have to delegate some and other responsibilities. And why I love the digital marketing agency space is it allows people to work on their business instead of working in their business, which is a big thing. And and that brings me to the the next thing that I want to talk about um, before we wrap up. And the the concept of having uh, an investing mindset rather than a uh, I would say expense mindset because when you're in entrepreneurship uh, you and I both know the power of investing in coaches uh, we both do uh, we both invest in masterminds that's that's obviously how we met um, a good friend of mine runs a mastermind that you're a part of and Nancy and I are, you know, we run our own, but we're also a part of masterminds. And that's something that Nancy and I always sit down and discuss, you know, where are our next investments going to go? Are they going to go into leveraging someone for Facebook ad campaigns for PR, uh, another group mastermind? So we've shifted away from that expense mentality. And we started to really harness the power of having the investment mentality because people don't understand if you treat anything you do like an investment, what do investments do? They lead to more revenue. So the idea is investing in, in an agency like, like the one that you have or a coach or a consultant that is going to allow you to pour gasoline on the fire because now you're allowed to do those things to give the business and the company more exposure. So what are some basic ways for that person that's listening to this that is maybe struggling and they're dancing that line between expense mindset compared to the investing mindset? So what, what are some ways that people can start to shift that so they can understand that when you have that investing mindset that you can create more revenue in your business? I will share two things. I heard this when I was starting to invest in my own business. I heard this analogy and it clicked for me. So I like to share it um, when this topic comes up. If you are on sales calls, especially if you're a consultant or a coach yourself, or if you have any type of, I would say a high ticket offer, if you're on a sales call or you're on a consulting call and you're trying to attract the, the dream clients that you really want to work with, it is very hard to relate to them and ask them to invest in you if you have not invested in yourself. And so when we're on those calls with people it actually helps us relate like human to human almost because 
you feel the butterflies in your stomach, like, oh, this is a big decision. And oh, this is going to expand my growth. And you can, you physically can feel all of those feelings when you're doing it for yourself. And so when you're asking someone to invest in you and believe in you and trust you, you need to be able to level with them and relate to them and feel the way that they are feeling because it is a big decision for them. And that helped me when I was first doing a lot, lot of investing in my own business to be able to say, you know what, I am going to do this. I am going to, you know, try to expand my business and I'm going to invest in it and give it the, the care that it needs. And then the second thing that I will say is that try to understand that investing in your business is scary because it's really investing in yourself. <laughs> and we have to, as entrepreneurs, especially, sometimes you have to have kind of this unwavering belief in yourself. And that is scary because most of the time you have that validation from a boss or a spouse or someone externally. But when you're investing in your business, it is really you deciding that you believe in yourself. And that is one of the most powerful things that you could ever do because you're giving yourself permission to really expand and grow. And if you don't give yourself permission to do that, you, you will stay exactly where you are today so yeah i mean change nothing and nothing changes but when you change something something will change nancy and i have grown in some way shape or form with our company and business each of the last now almost five years because of the investments we continue to make we we look for the bottlenecks in our business and uh, we want to unclog what, what's clogged and that will allow more things to flow in whether that's more time freedom which leads to monetary freedom and all those things. Now, Kristen, before I get to my final question, if those listening to this, that the non-techie people that uh, are looking to really get more exposure, uh, you know, through a digital marketing agency uh, such as the one that you have, what's the best way for people to learn more about the services that you provide and how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you so much for asking, Scott. So you can follow me on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Kristen Day, and I'm the owner of Affinity Media. And I also have an Instagram account. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me. I'm at the home grind. And my website is affinitybyday.com. You can check that out. There are a lot of freebies, like a lot of um, tools, tips, just like free resources. I love giving out free resources. So anything like that, there's a, a blog about, you know, non-techy things like how to basically do SEO or, um, you know, things to put on your homepage. So lots of, lots of resources there on the website. But yeah. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Well, for all the listeners, all that information will be in the show notes and the description of the episode. And I highly, highly encourage you to reach out to Kristen. She's uh, not just an amazing person, but an incredible business owner that is helping so, so many people. And uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, you will be thrilled uh, at making the decision that you did to invest with and in her. So, uh, Kristen, final question before we end today's episode. What does success truly mean to you? 
Oh, such a great question. <laughs> success means to me. Success to me means changing an industry and helping people understand that they can live in harmony in this industry and grow a thriving business. If that is my ultimate goal is to just help people understand that they can't, yes, yes. Say yes to people, yes, you can. And help them say yes to themselves and help the industry support that in the best way that it can. It's the giver's mentality. You know, you have to give in order to get and uh, being, you know, a cross between an industry disruptor and an industry industry giver is a, is a good place to be. And that's exactly who you are. So Kristen, again, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I know the audience took so many things away from it and all the information obviously that you provided will be in the show notes and the description, as I mentioned. So uh, thank you again for being here today. Thank you for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And for all the listeners, as always, please do head over to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are listening to and from. Leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you loved most and what you would see like to see more within this podcast. So everyone, please enjoy the rest of your days and I'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you are listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you loved, what you would like to see improved, or ideas you have for future episodes. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, don't hesitate to go to my website, www.scotterin.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and how we can work together. And don't forget to check out my wife, Nancy, and mine, our free community on Facebook called LinkedIn Leads for Life. We would love to see you in there. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for your support. Grateful for each and every one of you.